Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, this is an exciting time for me as a pastor, and I know for us as a congregation, we're so excited to hear from Chris, and so let's encourage him once again as he comes to open God's Word for our hearts and our benefit. Chris, come on. Thank you for the warm introduction, and thank you for this opportunity. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a pastor came to me and asked if I would do my first sermon. And my heart skipped a little bit, but not too bad, because I have learned over these last year or so that accepting God's call, he will reward me so much more. So I just instantly said yes in my head, but pastor told me to think about it. So I wanted to go home and act like I'm, well, I'm going to fast and then I'm going to pray. And, but I already knew I was going to say yes. So I had messaged him later in the week and said, okay, I guess I'll do this. So he said, no, take some time and pray and think about a verse or a passage that inspires you. And what came to me was... Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Um, it, it fits because once I read it, I'll explain, but it fits in the time of the season and it fits in my life. So I will read from Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always into the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. For the people, this is the word of God for the people of God, and our response is. So, as some of you may know from that verse, or it's pretty easy, it was in your bulletin too. This is referred to as the Great Commandment, the Great Commission. Sorry, the Great Commission. Um, this one thing called me because of the time of season we're in where after Jesus' resurrection, he lived 40 days continuing to teach and be with his disciples and then was taken up at the end of those 40 days. And this verse actually ends those 40 days. Plus, it spoke to me for where I am at in my life right now. I am being called to fulfill the Great Commission. I am called to work through ministry and mission. So that's why this verse really spoke to me. And that's why I wanted to bring it to all of you. So first, let's look at where this passage is in Matthew. It is the last um, passage that Matthew records about the life 
of Jesus. So if we were to look at one of the parallel passages in Acts, it has the same message but different wording. So in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, it is, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom in Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. So the book of Acts is the, pretty much the same information, just worded differently, but they have the one extra verse in there. Jesus was taken up. Now when I saw this, it really kind of showed me how important this message was to Jesus to deliver to his disciples. Because I believe Jesus had to know this was the last time he was going to speak to his disciples. So he wanted to leave them with this message. This was his call to action. This was telling them they need to go out and spread the good word. Now this command did not end with his 11 disciples though. Those 11 disciples went out and made more disciples. And those disciples more disciples. Until I am standing right here, right now. Because a disciple made a disciple. So we are all called to continue this chain. So when Jesus calls us to make disciples, what does this mean? And I had to work with my wife through this and... It was uh, a really good session of us being together and working through this. First, we believe it was to be able to disciple, you need to live your life as God calls you to live. You need to be an example in other people's lives of how great the peace and comfort is that God brings to your life. And through your everyday actions, they can see what a relationship with God could bring to them. And then second, it is you have, to, you have to tell people. Through your actions is one way that they can see it. Just like my wife's favorite story about growing up, one of her friends came to her and said, I want what you want. I want what you have because you walk around with this peace and comfort, and I want, I want to know that. And that's the kind of introduction people can see into you is how you live in this peaceful life comforted by the Lord. But we do have to tell them about the greatness of our uh, our Lord by our testimonies and what he has done in our lives to change us, to comfort us, to bring us riches in our lives that are beyond anything that money could bring us. So we need to, to get our testimony to people, to get them to understand that God has brought us through obstacles in our lives that you might have thought are insurmountable. So he is with us through the little things and the big things, and we need to share that with everybody to understand God has his hand in every part of our lives, and we want to share that with everyone to know how great this is. Uh, 
Now, who is called to make disciples? Every follower of Christ is called to make disciples. This isn't just a command for the pastors or the missionaries. This is for every follower of Christ. And the way you make a disciple is going to look different than how I make a disciple. Because you may not be called to ministry or to the missions field. But you may be called to talk to your neighbor or to a coworker or like post something online that is such a good avenue to break through to people that may not want to step inside the four walls of a church where you can get the message of the Lord out to them through this new technology. But um, if you are called to missions, that is one of the ways that my wife and I have felt called to but being called to missions doesn't mean you travel all the way across the world. There are people in your own backyard that need to hear the word of the Lord. Whether you're working at a soup kitchen or any volunteering to help clean up an empty lot in a neighborhood, or anything like that is another way that you can minister in mission through missions work to bring people to the Lord. Now, who are we to make disciples? All nations. It's not just our neighbors. It's not just our friends or the people that look like us or that we're comfortable around. We are called to make disciples of all nations. Now, you might think, like, oh, the United States doesn't need it that much. Well, I, I found a Pew Research poll from 2018 that said 90% of the people in, the world, in America believe in a God. But only 56% of those believe in the God of our Bible. So in America alone, there are so many lost sheep that can hear the message of the Lord and come to him. So this isn't a decision like... Mel and I were asked last week about, hey, would you mind moving to Thailand for five years and uh, being missionaries? It isn't something you have to uproot your whole family for, but if that's where God calls you to, then you want to listen. Okay, Okay, so why do we want to make disciples? Well, the, the easy answer is because Jesus told us to in the Great Commission. But what I want you to do right now is we're going to take a moment quietly to think about how God has carried you through a difficulty in your life and the the peace and comfort he has brought you to with the relationship you have with him. So if you will just take a moment and think about how God has been there for you in a difficult moment. So this moment you have in your mind, does it give you a sense of peace? Does it give you just this overwhelming feeling that the Lord is within you and taking care of you?
And it just gives you this peace of mind that no matter what obstacles life brings to you, God's going to be there. What I thought of is what we're going through right now and the outpouring of love and prayer for my wife as we start this battle with cancer. And I don't know how we would get through every day with what she's going through without having the comfort of the Lord that is going to be there for us because there is no situation we cannot get through without him. Now, we want to share this kind of testimony with people in our lives of how God has propped us up and brought us from something that we did not think we were able to get through. But with the comfort of the Lord, we will get through everything. Uh, What I'd like you to do is to find a piece of paper or write in your Bible or your phone and um, I just have this quick little prayer because this, the Great Commission is a call to action. This isn't something that we can just sit by and let other people do. And even if you go to one person, that isn't, I've met my quota on the Great Commission. This is, you go to everybody that you can reach out to. So, on that piece of paper... It's just a short little prayer. Lord, show me who am I to make a disciple. Just short and simple. So when you see that, in your, when you get it out of your pocket at the end of the day, or when you open your Bible to it, you'll see that as a reminder that I am supposed to go out and make a disciple to follow our Lord. Now I know, like the... Proverb of the sower, not every seed is going to grow. It will find the different, it'll find the rocky soil, it'll find the hard ground, but there will be some that'll find the fertile soil. So don't get discouraged because everybody has to hear the word of the Lord. From then on, that is between them and the Holy Spirit, but you can't give up on them either, so it's I don't know how you continue on to that without being pushy and pushing them away, but how you go about it, God will give you that knowledge to be able to disciple to them to make them the next disciple. So when I was thinking about this verse, another one of Jesus' great commands came to me, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And they consider the Great Commission one of Jesus' other great commands. And I thought, how beautifully these two commands connect with each other. Because what greater love could you show your neighbor than to help bring them into a relationship with our Lord and Savior? That, that to me, is the, the greatest love. Uh, yes, you could feed them and you could clothe them but to bring them into a relationship with our Lord. What an amazing show of love. Now, I'd like to invite my wife up so that we can discuss how we have done 
some of our part in the Great Commission by going to Cactus, Texas for our uh, mission trip. working there we go um we have some pictures that we'll probably show here in a moment (laughs) so i want to say that uh first of all um the first i really wanted a very nice relaxing spring break i'm telling you like teaching this year has been super crazy and i teach hybridly so i'm like looking up cabins in tennessee overlooking the woods with a nice hot tub on the porch, and I'm just like really getting into this. And then I get an email um, from from some friends in Cactus, because we went to Cactus last summer um, to serve, because Thailand was off the books at that point due to COVID, Um, but we felt still led to really serve somewhere, so we really kind of like searched for what could we do here in the United States, because we know, like Chris has said, is there's people everywhere. Um, So we were led to Cactus, Texas. And so we met some amazing people there, and so Todd Forrest um, emailed, I got an email, he goes, hey, by the way, my wife Rocky has been saying that you guys mentioned that you might come here for spring break last time you guys were here. We've got some projects that would really need um, Chris's hand in and some things for you to do. I understand if you that you have already plans, and that's okay, but I thought I would throw it out there. I'm like, oh gosh, God, come on. I really wanted to be in that hot tub. <laughs> And um, I'm going to show you pictures of cactus, and you'll realize, like, really, this is not a vacation place. Um, but, you know, when God calls, like Chris said, you, you kind of want to try to heed that call. And so I, of course, asked my kids, because they're involved, and I said, hey, guys, listen, we can either go to Tennessee and have a hot tub and look out over the, you know, the woods in a nice, cool cabin and do sightseeing, or we can go to cactus. You know, I was really trying to play up the Tennessee. But they didn't skip a beat. They're like, Cactus, let's go. So we had our answer. And so we went to Cactus. And I responded. And and honestly, like, I was at peace with it. I'm like, I I mean, I loved the people there at Cactus. I love what they do there, which we'll kind of talk about. And I know I'm going to keep talking. So if you ever want to jump in, you can. (laughs) I think he talked enough a second ago. But So the picture up here is the ministry center here um, at Cactus. Um, and it's a building that was supposed to originally be made for a church there, and they decided to turn it into kind of multifunctional. There is a Naz- an African Nazarene church that, di- that does meet um, in this building, which the pastor of that church, he seems a really cool guy. I forgot his name. Do you remember? Court. It? Court, okay. Um, so that's neat. And then the other things that they have here um, are, gosh, they do everything. So if you, Cactus is, You're going to see some more pictures, and I'm okay, like, if you want to just kind of scroll, I'll kind of talk about those. But it is a place that most people, I don't even know how many languages are spoke there. Um, Ten or more than ten, I know that for sure. Uh, But a lot of refugees are resettled there. You can pause it right there. Um, This is a view of the area of Cactus. The first time we went there, we were really surprised. It honestly feels kind of like a third-world country within America. Um, but a lot of refugees are settled there, um, immigrants that come in, whether they're documented or undocumented. So there's a lot of need. Alcoholism rate is really high as well. That is one thing that they do know that 
they need lots of prayer for for the people who come there. Um, this is how they are dealing with their trauma, it, it seems. Um, but we have this ministry center there through the Nazarene Church that does amazing things for the people of Cactus. So some of the things that they do um, is they have ESL, or ESL classes. So they can sign up to start learning the English language. All of these services are free. They have counseling services for families, for teens, um, for pretty much anybody who needs counseling services. Um, they just started a citizenship class. So they got um, the coordinator, is he a coordinator? Phil Anderson, who's over there, he's the, the person who runs it. His wife just got certified to be able to do immigration. Um, so now they can do classes there to help people with their citizenship. And they help guide them through that whole process. Okay, you can stop right there. I'll get to that. Um, so they do really great things. And then they also have a health clinic that is called The Well that's part of there. And it is all income-based. So it, it's all based on how much income they have. And some people can get in there and get pretty good services for like $20. And so that relies a lot on what you guys provide during – I'm, I'm going to mess it up. I know Miss Carla. Like, it's either, you know, it's your promise your, – your promise um, – Funding goes for the building, right? Um, but there's other ones that will that you can that you donate to throughout the year that we that we do um, that helps things like the well run for these people, and they need it. You, we, they have 13 year olds coming over from the border who are pregnant because of unfortunately human trafficking and what happens as they come over. So they're dealing with having to help even younger people right now. Um, through that process. So everything that the well does is really, really good for them. They have a volunteer um, obstetrician that works two to three days a week there. But unfortunately, their funding is low enough where she has yet to receive any sort of help for like the last two or three years there. So she works her full-time job and then also volunteers there. Uh, they just had a big funding drive to get their first ultrasound machine. And through technology, they were originally trying to get a, like a $20,000 machine. They found one that goes through an iPad, and the company said that they will match it. So they'll end up having two sets for half the price, and it's just such a blessing. Now they'll be able to go out to homes and meet people where they're at. So it's like it's it's amazing to see how God works through things like this, and it's like when you're there, like you see this on the screen with us, and you're like, okay, that's really cool. But until you experience it and see it, kind of what's going on there firsthand, it, I don't think it hits your heart as much, my opinion, because I've been there where I've sat and watched, and I've also been there where I've been out and doing, and it just hits you differently. It's really if you go to the most rundown area anywhere around us, Kalamazoo Portage. It doesn't equal what these people are living in in this community. So it is a very at-need community. Yeah. And so with that, um, Rocky and Todd also do an after-school program called BLAST. Um, so the pictures you see on here, Kaylin and Evan got to tear down the wall. So they wanted to combine two small classrooms that they had because of, because of COVID. You know, you're going to hear that a lot. But um, because of COVID, they could, they could only have a certain amount of people in the one room. But if they opened it up, they could have a little bit more space. And so we, Chris, 
Chris, I'm not going to say we had nothing to do with this, um, besides taking the pictures. Um, but the kids were able to tear down the wall, and they had a little bit too much fun with that. Um, so that's a picture of them doing that. The picture previously was the end result um, of the two combined rooms um, that he was able to get finished in the few days that we were there. So now they can hold more people within that room, keeping uh, close um, ties onto the guidelines that they have to follow. So, um, yeah, that was one project that we had to do this last time. <laughs> this is the mess that I had. Now, the first time we went there last summer, it was worse than this. Um, they had no shelving upstairs. So this is the upstairs and like a little attic. If you look over the side right there, I'm looking at it this way, but for you it's that way, um, is the op- very big open area where the well is and also where they have the African church service. So this is kind of in the rafters. But there was no shelving. And last summer when we went, he built all the shelving to go up there. And we had it really nice and pretty. Um, and then we come back and we see this. And Caitlin's like, what have they been doing up here? <laughs> but, but it was, uh, this mess is kind of a blessing. One of the, what was it, Dollar General or one yeah. of them donated like 1,800 toys to them. So the, the mess was kind of a blessing, yeah. but then having to organize it. So, yeah, this is all the toys they use for their blast after school program. So they go to Cactus Elementary, which is a K-5 through building. Almost all ESL students, a lot who don't really speak much English. Um, and they'll do an after-school program. The awesome part of this is the principal of that school is a Christian, and he welcomes them in, and they're able to do biblical, like they can give a Bible message during this after-school program. So that is so awesome because some of these kids, like they just don't experience that. And Rocky and Todd have this ministry with them that they that they have designed, and there's room for improvement, obviously, but... Um, they're able to get at least some word to these kids and show them, you know, what God can bring to their lives. And, and they're out there reciting these Bible verses and saying what they, it means to them, which was really cool to see in a public school setting there. Um, so, yeah, our next job was organizing all of this. Um, this is the after-school program picture. They're in the gym. They actually, Todd is the one who has his back to us. He threw up the... Uh, scripture words and the kids had to scramble and grab them and get themselves in order and then say the scripture and and what it was about and i can't remember i don't know if kaylin or evan remembers what that was about do you remember what the scripture was about i don't know it was their theme for the week but it was really cool to see them to do that um so yeah we went there i taught some classes so i on my spring break i was teaching that was fun um yeah um, they had snacks, so this is their little Bible study, and this is their snack time before they go into um, tutoring, and they do, you know, their gym activities or music activities as well. Um, but there's, they run about, it, it's, it's, the kids don't come every day, they come when they want, but they average about 25 kids at least um, in the after school um, program, and it ranges from kindergarten up through, I think, most of them were up to about fourth grade. There were a couple fifth graders. Um, but really, whew, they, they, it was, it's good that they're there. Those kids really need a lot of help with the reading and, and feeling confident with themselves, and this provides them a space to do it, and the kids are awesome. Like, it's really crazy how you can go for one day and you automatically are connected with the kids. You know, it's, you know they're just so cute. Um, these are the friends my kids made um, last summer. 
So they were super, the main reason why they go into Cactus, don't let them lie to you, is because they wanted to see their friends they met the previous summer, which we got to spend a lot of time with them the previous summer. Um, and they're all from one family. We're missing three of them. So there's six all together. Three boys, three girls. And these are the three girls. Um, but when we got there, they were in school. Their spring break didn't match up with ours. So they didn't get to see them as, as much as they really wanted to, maybe just really quick. They got to see them and let me snap a few pictures. Now let me tell you like a little bit of, about these kids. Um, their mother is a single mother. Um, she was pregnant before, and her husband was abusive. Um, so the husband, or I don't know if it was a boyfriend, their father is, uh, is kind of out of the picture, um, but she has to work. So these kids last summer were all on their own. The girl that's on Kaylin's back is the oldest, and she was the one taking care of all of the other kids. No, she's not the oldest. She's the oldest girl, but in that family, in that cultural thing, that's the oldest girl who will pretty much make sure everything is, is running. Um, and so over the summer, she really opened up to me and how how much stress it brought her. And, like, I could just feel it without her. She just needed to let it go. Um, so it was really nice. They were able to be kids that summer. For some, They were really obsessed with him. Um, grabbing them and making them go on the slides with them and everything. I mean, every moment they could get. Well, Rocky and Todd were gone um, probably towards the end of the summer, right before the beginning of the school year for a couple weeks. So they weren't there at the ministry center to give the kids something to do. Um, and these kids got a little, um, somehow got into the school um, and had fun for about a week or two. Without school, school wasn't open, by the way. Um, so they got in a little bit of trouble. But the really cool thing with having the ministry center there is Rocky and Todd were able to take the one boy who would have been able to have to go to juvenile um, and made a deal with them so that they, he could do some volunteer hours with them and so they could mentor him. And so it is so important, this center in Cactus, for the kids especially, but also their parents. And they have parenting classes they're going to be starting up this summer. Um, to show them the importance of what school can do for them. And Rocky is amazing, because um, I struggle that with my students, too, and, and their families. But she has a great way to show them, like, you'll, it might be too late for you as a parent for schooling to get you out of a situation, but it's not too late for your kids. And so a lot of education in this building, it's just it's just amazing. And, and all this, to kind of go with what Chris says, is that this isn't too far away. I mean, you do have to drive like 17 hours, but I mean, you can take a, a, a plane. But I mean, there's not much to do in Cactus, but there's people here that need to be loved. And there's people here that, I mean, they will stick to you because you will radiate the love of God to them. And that's just really what they need. And I had a conversation with the oldest girl t this last time, and she was talking about how she was starting to go to church. And that. She was saying that she loves going to church because it feels like her home. And she goes, that's where I feel like I'm at home. And this has been a huge, like this was not what she was talking about last summer when we saw her. So I'm going to claim that we really did plant some seeds. And Rocky and Todd are planting seeds there. And like Chris said, sometimes you don't see it to come to fruition, but that's not your job. Your job is just to keep loving and keep doing. Um, so there's, there's opportunities here.
and we were struggling to figure out like where is God calling us to do like he said they asked us to come to Thailand even longer than what we were doing so but God has made that God choice God has made us clear that that's probably not in our future right now um but it's weird how he works in those ways even through a situation like we're facing right now where he's made some answers very clear to us and that's okay and Satan is going to attack you no matter what, the closer you get to how God wants you to be living. And you've got to know that because we've been attacked quite often in the last while, you know, even not even just the cancer, but some other things. And he's going to attack you the, the closer you get. And just be aware of that. But that doesn't mean to stop. Just keep going. Um, so, yeah, go out and make disciples. In your own backyard, in Texas, you know, anywhere you want. Just don't, just, just do it. That's all I'm saying. Just do it. So that's all. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Wasn't that exciting to hear what God is doing? I hope you took the opportunity that Chris gave us to write down Uh, a prayer that you're going to ask the Father every day. Who are you calling me to disciple? It is our call. We are called to do that. We are commanded to go. And so we're going to go and do that. Would you stand right now and let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that we could hear this message of the way that you are calling. You have called Chris and Melanie, but you are also calling all of us to go and make disciples. Thank you that as we gather as a church family, our mission, our call, our mission statement here is that we are disciples of Jesus, making more disciples of Jesus. Teach us how to do that from simply a a Facebook post or a conversation or an act of service to someone in in our circle, in our community, in our neighborhood, in our workplaces. Send us out that we might fulfill the command of the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you receive this blessing? It's my favorite part of the service, and not just because you get to go home. Because I think this is one of the best things that pastors can do. It's to send you out with blessing. And now, may you go. May the Holy Spirit reveal to you who you are called to disciple. And may you serve them and experience joy. May you proclaim and experience a little nervousness and some help. And may you see your neighbors, your co-workers, your family members, And yeah, even those who consider you their enemy, may you see them as God sees them, as someone worthy of love and service and blessing. And I pray you will experience God's fullness as you go and do this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. God bless you. Go in peace. If you're online, thank you for joining us. Send a message of encouragement to Chris and to Melanie. Uh, What a great job they did. Thank you guys so much. And may God bless you. Have a great week.
thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.